Welcome to the Code of Entry podcast, where we cloud the issues with facts and help you upskill to stay on the digital edge. Here's your host, Greg, with the latest. Hey, team. Greg here with your Code of Entry podcast. I apologize for the um, little bit of vacation. You know, this thing called COVID happened. And, um, well, hey, we're back. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about generative AI and in particular some different models you can use, um, whether it's OpenAI, ChatGPT uh, 4.0, or things like Amazon's Bedrock, Q, CodeWhisper, uh, GitHub Copilot. So I hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll have some more content for you here shortly. We just wanted to say thanks for listening and remind you to follow, like, and subscribe to Code of Entry on all your favorite channels. We appreciate having you on the team and any help reaching out to others. Always remember, we're here to help you, providing cutting-edge digital insights into this ever-changing industry. Now back to the show. AI is finally here, and it's mainstream. I'll be honest, a year ago, I would have told you if someone told you they were using AI in their business or a use case that you could use, they were lying to your face. One of my favorite things I saw out there was there was a company called Authenticate. They were at a large cybersecurity conference where everybody was saying, hey, we're using AI. You need to use AI. You know, the solution to your problem is AI. They paid for a booth and paid for an actor just to troll everyone else. It was awesome. They were handing out these bottles from uh, their fake it's Francis Archibald Keys Esquire fake, uh, their fake apothecary. And it was like a nation state actor salve and extractive artificial intelligence, tincture of advanced persistent threats and machine learning liniment. And it's like, hey, you need some machine learning? Yeah, just sprinkle some of this on it. And I mean, that's really where we were until about a year ago. Then uh, OpenAI was on the scene and all of a sudden these large language models uh, became prevalent and uh, really, really helpful. So if you haven't started trying to use AI or experimenting with OpenAI, ChatGPT, any of these other services, uh, you're really you're doing yourself a disservice, I mean, particularly when you can use a lot of them for free. I mean, you're looking at OpenAI has GPT 3.5, which is a really good model. It's not perfect, but it's um, it's live for free. And you can pay, what is it, 10 or $20 a month for GPT-4, and it's been increased to 40 queries every three hours, which is a lot, a lot. So I would encourage you uh, to get started if you're not already started. And if you are, I'm going to go through a few different alternatives just to make sure you know what's out there. So first, you've got OpenAI. And as OpenAI um, was acquired by Microsoft and you started being able to, um, to get plugins for it, those plugins have become more accessible. So originally there were some developers, their plugins got approved. And with those plugins, you could do some neat stuff. Well, those plugins were some random developers. You couldn't necessarily trust them. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have any proof that there's anything malicious, right? But you just didn't have that name recognition with the plugin makers. So, okay, how good really are these? Well, now a lot are being provided by OpenAI itself. And you can make your own plugins very, very easily. I was recently working with a... Um, a client I have that's trying to get a patent and work some things through the NIH. And I made an NIH grant writer for them. So I was able to go and take the documents based off what they're trying to do with the FDA. And I was I passed the links to the documents to ChatGPT. I was able to pass the rules for the FDA, the rules for the NIH, 
the open opportunities for the NIH. And then in a prompt, just say, hey, I have this idea. I would like to apply for this grant for this reason. Uh, I want you to be my expert tech writer, et cetera, enter. And it started coming, you know, printing out pages. Now, you're limited to the output. It doesn't give you, um, it doesn't give you multiple pages of output, right? So you just start with, hey, what would an executive summary look like? Boom, it gives you the executive summary. Hey, based off that executive summary, uh, write me a table of contents. Now you have a table of contents. Uh, say it brought up five bullets. Like, hey, I want you to expand on part one. And it'll say, hey, part one should be this topic with A, B, C, D. Great. Expand on A. Expand on B. Expand on C. Expand on D. And keep doing that with number two and number three and number four. And say, hey, I want you to write, uh, based on everything you've done, write a strong conclusion. Write a conclusion. And like, hey, did I forget anything? Oh, well, you probably should have uh, created a reference pages based off what we created. Here are your references. Like, whoa, that's crazy, right? And, okay, I might be above average in my computer competence, but it still only took me maybe 10 minutes to build that bot. Uh, that's crazy. And even without building the bots, you could have done some of those things just in line in ChatGPT having that conversation. But again, you have to be comfortable with using ChatGPT, whereas if you create that bot, you can pass it off to other people and they don't have to worry about getting the bot into the right persona with the right background information. It all just happens kind of automatically and it's great. Uh, so talking about ChatGPT, but there's some uh, other things that have been using these large language models uh, that have made it increasingly acceptable, uh, sorry, accessible. And, you know, those include things like uh, Code Whisper from Amazon. Uh, it's gotten better and better. It started where it was, hey, I could recommend some stuff for you to use um, using the Amazon command line interface. And you're jamming out some commands and like, oh, I need some help with figuring out this Bodo 3 command to, to do something. Well, it could suggest that. Well, now it's been made more robust. It can actually give you code recommendations uh, based off code outside of what you're trying to do with Amazon. Or you can ask it questions about Amazon to where, hey, I want to host a website and I don't want to uh, pay a whole lot. Uh, sh what should I do? Should I spin up an EC2 instance and do X, Y, or Z? Should I host files in S3? And it'll be like, well, if you're trying to use a dynamic website, we recommend Amazon LightSail. And if you're trying to do a static website, we recommend you host HTML files in S3, something like that. And it'll give you those recommendations like it's a real solutions architect, but you didn't have to pay for it, right? And then Amazon at reInvent announced AWSQ. AWSQ, revolutionary. Uh, it's, it's integrated in with a bunch of the Amazon services. Uh, it's still in preview as they continue to roll it out, but it's, uh, think ChatGPT, but Amazon trained on all their documents, all their services. So it'll help you use the right services the right way and technically integrate it. Um, yeah, I, again, mind blown on Q. Uh, I think as it goes, it's basically um, going to enable you to say, hey, I've got all these files in S3. Tell me about them. Or, hey, I sent a bunch of my data to S3. Uh, tell me if there's any outliers. Or, hey, what's my, you know, what should I be doing to increase my profits, right? I mean, the, the sky's the limit there. Um, so you've got Q, Code Whisper. Uh, Git, uh, GitHub has Copilot. Um, I'll be honest, I've tried to use Copilot and I, I wasn't overly impressed. Um, and maybe it's I came into Copilot pretty late. Uh, so I'd already been using GPT to help me with code. 
I'll take sections of code, put it in the you know, chat GPT, which is what Copilot integrates with. And I'll be like, hey, where's my error? And it'll help me. Well, I, you know, I integrated GitHub Copilot into my IDE. I'm using um, VS Code. And it's integrated there. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. It'll just see what's in my code. And I'll be able to say, hey, where's the error? And uh, no, I, I, you know, I'll highlight something. And it'll be like, oh, I don't have enough context. And I'll be like, oh, we'll use this file. And it'll be like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I'm an AI. I can't do that. And it's like, oh, that wasn't what I was looking for. Uh, so I've had more success going directly to uh, to chat GPT. Uh, somebody's probably out there that knows how to use this better. Maybe I need to upgrade plans or something. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear about that. Um, and as I'm kind of going down this train, uh, a couple of other things um, at Amazon that have made it increasingly accessible are uh, Bedrock and SageMaker. I kind of put that as a maybe Bedrock's your intermediate and SageMaker's your advanced because you can go to Bedrock and you can get access um, to a couple of the, the meta models or some Amazon models or a couple of other companies that have made uh, different models. Uh, there's a Claude model that I really like because its input is a lot larger than what you can put into some of the other models. Uh, I wrote a paper on um, sky computing, um, my personal new push. Uh, why do we keep talking about cloud and adding um, you know, more words and adjectives in front of the word cloud to explain what we mean? How about we use a term that means all of those things? It's already well-documented and published. Uh, sorry, different soapbox. But um, you can, you know, find a model that fits your needs. So if I wanted to put in a hundred page paper, like I did, I think it was 97, I could put it all in and I could be like, Hey, review this paper. Let me know what you think. And it's like, wow, this is really well structured. It's real laid out. But in chapters five and six, you got very technical and maybe not, um, you didn't give a lot of examples of practical things like you did in the rest of chapters. I'm like, wow, that's really insightful for an AI. I'm like, uh, hey, in, in those mid chapters, can you make suggestions? It's like, sure. In chapter five, you said this, this, and this. Maybe add some examples of this and this. In chapter six, you said this and this. Maybe you could add examples of this, this, and this. I was like, thank you very much. Uh, what's my bill? 17 cents. Well worth it. Um, so that, that's, you know, kind of just with Bedrock, using it, kind of chatting back and forth. Now you can use it programmatically, but that's, again, as if I talk about, you know, accessibility, you have to be a developer for that, um, but you can use an API and you can set the temperature and the temperature is really uh, how creative it is in its answer. And you can do that back with ChatGPT. Most people just don't know it's a setting. Temperature of zero means it's going to be creative and it's going to come up with some stuff and it might hallucinate, which is what it means when it makes stuff up. It might hallucinate uh, or you can set a temperature of one and you can ask it to tell you the same thing 10 times. And you'll get the exact same answer because it's not risky. It's not creative. Uh, so there's different uses you know, kind of for each one, but you can set the temperature, you can set the number of tokens that you want to use. So that's basically the input, the output, how much you're willing to to sacrifice in either cost or uh, API credits or tokens. Then there's SageMaker, I think uh, not the least accessible, but I think the least accessible for the average developer that's going to be using these models, right? You're not training your own model. Uh, from scratch, right? You can go in, I can be like, hey, I'm going to use Falcon 7 or I'm going to use one of the meta models and I want to do X. Well, you can go in and you can create the model running in a Jupyter Notebook and then you can uh, link it up to Amazon's API gateway and then you can make an app that hits, that sends the right object to the API that hits the model in SageMaker and returns it. So basically you're building your own backend. Uh, I mean, and the fact that you can do that 
without investing a lot of money is crazy. I mean, we're talking dollars. Now, we'll say in the kind of in the echelons of things, right? ChatGPT, there's free. You can use 3.5, which is really good. Or you can use GPT-4, which is still mind-blowing, even though we're, what, a year into that game. And, uh, you know, $20 a month. You can use Code Whisperer. Um, There's a free part, and then there's a paid part. You can use Copilot. There's a free trial, and there's a paid. You use Bedrock. There's a free, and there's a paid. Well, when you get to SageMaker... Um, not really a free, uh, I was doing some testing on it and, um, I, I might've been using too big of an instance, but I was interested, right? Cause I only, I only played around for maybe two hours and my bill was something like uh, $15 and in the grand scheme of things, it's not a whole lot of money, but when testing something for that short amount of time on a cloud service, I could have accidentally left up. Uh, thankfully I didn't, uh, you know, your, your bills can start racking up. So you need to be a little bit more deliberate. And I think it comes with stepping through other tools to get to the SageMaker, knowing uh, that you have a good understanding of the technologies. So, uh, you know, not a real specific talk here on large language models and generative AI. uh, But, you know, these things foundationally have really made it so that we can advance in most any field because you can customize these things. You can train your own bots. You can make your own agents. Uh, you can use these models without having to make your own large language model. You can use ones that already exist. And now I, I go back to Amazon Q and some of the settings for that, right? I'm going to be able to take it and connect it to my Microsoft uh, Outlook email and my OneDrive. And it can read through all my documents and get to know my business and answer questions and become a chat agent or become a, a bot that helps me do any of my job functions. So it's not going to replace people. But it's definitely going to empower your people uh, to work faster. So, uh, you know, the, the sky is the limit. Um, there are a lot of things that generative AI can't do, uh, but uh, it is definitely a huge enabler uh, for getting things done. So uh, if you haven't used it, I, I really suggest you do. And if you use it and you have any cool use cases, uh, let me know and we'll, we'll talk about it. And that would be great. Uh, but for, for now, uh, that's all. And I hope you go and... Uh, try some of these out because uh, really um, it'll, it'll change your life, uh, especially your work life. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Code of Entry and online at codeofentry.com. Check back for new episodes or join the team by signing up for notifications. Until next time, keep hustling.